As Pastor Gian shared, we are beginning a new sermon series. I love to tell the story. It is from the title, inspired by the title of uh, of first a poem, but then turned into a hymn that you will find in the United Methodist Hymnal. And in fact, uh, we will sing it uh, today, or at least part of it today. We are exploring in four weeks the call to tell our story and to find the intersection in our story and in the story of Jesus Christ in this world and his work of love and in grace in this world. And we begin today as we look at a miracle story from Mark's gospel in the seventh chapter as Jesus seems to be off track. He's gone to Tyre as we prepare to read God's God's word, let us join together in prayer, seeking God's illuminating grace. O God, source of all light, by your word you give light to our souls. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and our minds may be open to know your truth, your way, and your life. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And from the Gospel of Mark in the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 24. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our lesson today concerns one of the most significant of Jesus' miracles. Like so many of his miracles, mystery surrounds this healing. Jesus is entire along the Mediterranean coast, far from the places where he usually preaches and teaches and and lives out his, his ministry and his mission, proclaiming the kingdom of God. Mark tells us that in Tyre, Jesus entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet even in Tyre, Jesus could not escape notice. Upon Jesus' arrival, arrival immediately, immediately one of Mark's favorite words in his gospel a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit began to knock at the door. Before, 
Jesus had been spending all of his time ministering in Jewish providences, and his ministry is drawing overwhelming crowds, and he's exhausted. And so he leaves the Jewish provinces behind and heads to Tyre to get some rest. But this is really more than just a vacation. You see, Tyre has a history. It is a city of origin of one of the most notorious Gentile women in Israel's history. Jezebel, wife of Ahab and queen of the northern kingdom of Israel. Jezebel, a Phoenician princess, has led many of the Israelites away from the Lord. And when the prophet Isaiah, or excuse me, Elijah, confronted the king, the king sided with his idol-worshiping wife. And Elijah prophesied that Jezebel would die and her corpse would be eaten by dogs. This prophecy came true when her own kinsmen killed her and threw her body out a window to be consumed by stray dogs below. Jesus' mission, not a vacation, has brought him to this place. And as the woman makes her way boldly to Jesus, Mark tells us that she is a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. And even though she is Syrophoenician, because of Tyre's proximity to Judea, she would have known the Jewish customs. She knows that she has none of the religious, moral, or cultural credentials necessary to approach a Jewish rabbi. She's a Phoenician, a Gentile, a pagan, a woman, and her daughter has an unclean spirit. She knows that in every way, according to the standards of that day, she is unclean. She is therefore disqualified to approach a devout Jew, especially a rabbi. But she comes anyway, and she bows at Jesus' feet and begs and begs him to heal her daughter, her heritage, her neighborhood, her life station makes no difference to Jesus. The woman's faith is what restores her and her daughter. Her history and her lineage don't define her. They don't define us. Her faithful heart had deemed her worthy. What an important teaching moment for Jesus disciples then and Jesus disciples today yes it's the same for us the gospel story of God's love and grace that we know through Jesus Christ has power for all people and all places regardless of of heritage or life station Jesus is more than just the Jewish Messiah he is the Savior of the whole world. What we see through this woman's interaction with Jesus and him with her and then the subsequent miracle is we learn that God shows no partiality, no favoritism at all. This is certainly one of the reasons that Jesus could not escape notice. 
It confirms the powerful truth in the New Testament that as Christians, we are privileged, you and I. You and I are privileged to hold a trust, uh, a treasure in clay jars. About this gospel, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 1, it is the power of God for everyone who has faith to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is the Jesus who we are called and we are privileged to tell about. Centuries before his birth, the prophets of the Hebrew scriptures had told of a Messiah who would come in circumstances that only God could plan. And there were many references, but we're going to talk about two this morning. The first is from the prophet Isaiah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. The prophet Micah would tell of the place, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. And of course, we know the angel Gabriel came to Mary when she was still a virgin and told her that she was the one whom God had chosen for the most vital of missions. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Joseph, Mary's betrothed, betrothed thought that Mary had had a fair until he was let in on the story in a dream. And Matthew tells us, but just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And as Jesus is born in a little town in Bethlehem, an angel pointed to the work that Jesus would do. He even told shepherds, do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. But if we read on, we know that just one angel wasn't enough. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. No, Jesus couldn't even escape notice in a manger in a small town in Bethlehem. 
And now the world knows it as the birthplace of the king of kings. And Magi, of course, came from the king from the east looking for him. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, Matthew tells us he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. As in the miracle in our lesson today, the Son of God cannot be hidden. And later in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit came upon Simeon and moved Simeon to be present in the temple and to witness to the Messiah who had come. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple and the, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Thirty years later, John the Baptist tells of one who was coming after him, who was before him. And then when Jesus came, John declared, Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And when John baptized Jesus, the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, and the voice of heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. On Calvary, on a day that we remember, on Good Friday, the sun went dark, and even a Roman centurion proclaimed the story of Jesus. Truly, this man was the Son of God. Yet even Jesus' burial in the grave couldn't keep the story covered up and hidden. He had to be revealed. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised, and he is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. Scripture tells us that when we receive Jesus Christ for ourselves, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us 
in our lives and then works to move out that others might know. And with confidence, Paul proclaimed that to the Corinthians and he proclaims it to us. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Sisters and brothers, once you have Jesus, you don't want to hide him. And really, you can't hide him. People notice the newness that he brings to our lives. This is something that the religious authorities saw in Jesus' disciples following his resurrection and following the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. In Acts 4, we, we read, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. Jesus living in his disciples can't hide himself just as he could not escape notice entire. His first followers could not hide their, his presence in their lives and neither should we. We too are called to live and to tell his story in word and in deed. And we should be assured that one day, one day, everyone will recognize Jesus. And all will not only recognize his name, but they will recognize him as Lord and as Savior. Now for now, it's possible to blindly disregard all the evidence of who he is and what he has done. But the time will come and that time may be very soon. We don't know that time. The time will come, as Paul writes to the Philippians, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So church, we, you and I, have a story to tell. The story of Jesus. To let the whole world see him in our lives and in our words and in our deeds. Let all the world see the Savior of the world. I love to tell the story. Tis pleasant to repeat what seems every time I tell it more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's holy word. I love to tell the story. It will be our theme in glory. 
to tell the life-giving story of Jesus and his love. And all God's children said, amen, amen, amen.